Welcome to Virtual Church. 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 Well, good day everybody. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Virtual Church again today, uh, this uh, Sunday just after Boxing Day. I'm trusting that um, you all were blessed and uh, had a wonderful time with your families and your loved ones those that were able to be with you. So we're just thankful for what we've got. Um, a look around me, um, what, what we have here, and we just count our blessings. So many people um, across the face of the planet are finding circumstances and battling circumstances much more difficult than we have. And so we just got to give thanks for what we've got. And today, uh, I just want to bring you a short message um, about portraying Christ and uh, how we personally portray Christ. What image do we project of Christ? And uh, so today we're going to talk about Jesus, which is always a good uh, subject to talk about. Amen. The name of Jesus and about his life. But um, today I just want to focus a little bit as we go into this new year uh, about how we portray Jesus and I hope that we'll all give this some consideration and uh, a bit of thought as we're contemplating you know how we'll enter and move into this new year um, and I'm so thankful that Jesus has everything that we'll ever need our, our Heavenly Father is the supplier of all of our needs amen He's our all in all. He's Emmanuel, God with us. So he's thankfully a God that is not afar. He supplies our needs. He's close by. He's close to us. He stays close. Amen. So praise God um, for uh, the love of God, um, for the agape love of God, which has been such a blessing. It's the core of our Christian being, his love. Um, and uh, when they say love makes the world go round, and with agape love, that's certainly the case. Um, and Jesus founded that new law of love to be the source of and to inspire everything that we do. And uh, his love, that love makes everything and anything possible. I truly believe that. Um, that love itself bridged the gap bridge the distance between us and our Father God, amen, um, from our 
uh, human stand standpoint, it means that the greatest chasms can be bridged by his love as well. Amen. And we should never stop celebrating the love of God. It, it is it is precious. It's a treasure. And uh, we should treasure that more than anything. So um, his love's powerful. It makes the unforgivable forgivable. Amen. It makes peace with our enemies possible. Um, it can produce compassion in the hardest of hearts and it can do so much more. The list is endless. And when the love of Christ is accepted and it's lived out, it's the greatest force that we can ever know. Amen. Do you agree with that? Praise God. Um, as we go into 2021, I think we must remember the blood of Jesus, what it stands for and what it paid for. Amen. And that it was the agape love of God that made that way. Amen. The love of God that provided the bridge for us to cross from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his light. So that is amazing. Amen. His blood, the blood of Jesus made it possible for us to know his peace and to experience his words as living words. And his words are alive um, and uh, his hope is alive and well in these days. I truly believe that. I sense that hope rising. And uh, he is the word, the living word. His words are different to our words, but we can speak his words. We can, we can be, uh, we can be, uh, we talked about being heralds just recently, but we can echo his words um, because his words are everlasting. Amen. For most of us, our words will not survive um, after a generation or two, um, but his word is enduring and it's eternal. Amen. And so his word con contains his very um, personality, his character right at their core and uh, they'll never pass away according to Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. Um, heaven and earth will pass away, um, but his words will never pass away. Amen. So if you want something that you can hold on to and that will never let you down, it's his word. Uh, it's, it's the only thing that I think I could ever guarantee. We've got to be careful when we guarantee anything. But I think we can definitely guarantee God's word. Um, and we can tell people that when they hold fast to his word, that um, his words will be living water to them. Amen. And so, you know, we've got to remember the blood of Jesus. Um, uh, and, and he holds our future in his hands. Um, whether we want to believe that or not, Ultimately, all of our lives are in his hands. Amen. And the gift of Jesus at this time of year, especially we talk about the gift of Jesus, but the gift of Jesus made becoming a new creation or a new person, not only vaguely possible, but it made it a reality. And the reality is that Jesus, his word can transform a life beyond recognition. Um, this new 
creation power means that we can stand in God's presence without any sense of guilt, condemnation or inferiority. Amen. So thanks be to God for that wonderful gift. And I just want to read a scripture to you in John chapter 4 verse 10. In the New King James Version it says, Jesus answered her and he's talking about the woman at the well and he said to the the woman if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you give me a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water of course he was referring to himself and Jesus is God's supreme gift um, to man and within him within Jesus There are divine gifts that he wants us to be um, partakers of. I believe that 100%. And to be able to partake of living water, as he said to this woman. And uh, I believe that how well we know this gift that that has been given to us is what will determine the quality of our life. How well we know Jesus. Today, I think we should ask ourselves, what image do we portray of who Jesus is to us? Um, How effectively and to what degree do we portray his image? And you might ask the question, well, why should that matter anyway? What difference does it make? But I believe that it makes all of the difference. Um, You know, before... Jesus uh, ascended. He told his disciples in Mark 16 to go in his name and take his light and to reflect it around the world. And God's word tells us to examine ourselves every day. Amen. And the scripture reference here is 2 Corinthians 13, 5. It says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test? So his light is in us. Jesus' Jesus's life is in us. It's been engrafted. We've been engrafted into, into, the, uh, into the vine. Um, and so his life is in us. We are fused with Jesus and the life of Christ when we become new creations and um, you know that scripture there says you know do we really reflect our Lord Jesus Christ and you know that light requires a fuel to burn the light that's in us requires a fuel to burn I believe that the fuel for that light is love it's the love of God it's agape love and so the way, we, um, the way we experience Jesus usually is the way we will portray him or we will reflect his image or we will reflect him to other people. And uh, the danger is in, in the times that we live in that if we slide towards wanting to keep the gift of Jesus to ourselves as a personal benefit, and there's no doubt about it that the, the 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 Jesus is brings benefit and advantage and he brings great favor into our lives um, but if we want to keep that to ourselves 
then we end up portraying the Jesus that we want and not the Jesus that really is. And that's, there's a huge difference in those two positions. And so, you know, I, I've, I've told this little story a number of times, but it's, there's a teacher and a, and, a, and a young pupil in the class and the teacher's walking around and they're drawing pictures and the teacher says to this child, what are you drawing? And, and the child says, well, I'm drawing a picture of Jesus. And the teacher says to the child, well, how do you, no one knows what Jesus looked like. Um, so kind of how can you draw a picture of Jesus if you don't know what he looks like? And the child says, well, they will know what he looks like when I'm finished. So, you know, we all hold something in our, in our, in our innermost being, in our hearts. Um, and really, I believe that we should take time to pause and consider that as we go into 2021, the Jesus that we hold in our hearts, who is he to us? And more importantly, who could he be to others as we portray him, as we tell of his goodness, as we, as we do good deeds? And I understand that that's not what will get us saved, that will, will, will get us into heaven or keep us saved, but that his goodness is at least lived through us and so are we portraying to others the Jesus that we want or the Jesus that is that's the important thing and we all grew up probably experiencing the world's impression of Jesus and we usually only find out how inaccurate that is um, once we experience Jesus for ourselves and 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 I'm in contact with young people all the time and sometimes they very explicitly when they're frustrated or they're, they're, they're angry or they're upset, they'll use the name of Jesus. They'll use the name of Jesus Christ as an expression of something that is, well, this is, over, this is getting on top of me. And in, you know, instead of swearing in some other way, they'll use the name of Jesus. And, um, and, and, and I, I, I believe that it's, it's on us to begin to portray who Jesus really is and to help people to understand that that name is a name that they can call on in their deepest troubles and distress, not just when they're angry or uh, upset and they're venting off, but that it's that name means so much more and that that name is the name that can come to the rescue and that can come and heal their lives and come and turn their lives around and so we, we, we never enjoy hearing the name of Jesus taken in vain, but it's on us to begin to make who Jesus really is known to man. So the image of Christ is very, very important. You know, my, my barber um, just recently moved barbers uh, because uh, of moving, my, because of uh, my business was in a town and uh, the business is now has been taken over. And so I'm now using a, a, a local barber in my own village. And um, the barber is a young Muslim man. And we've had a couple of nice conversations and faith has come up. And when he, uh, when he asked me about my faith, he, he didn't ask me if I was a Catholic or a Protestant or a Baptist or an evangelical. 
He just said, um, are you a Christian? And, and I've been thinking about that. And that is what matters. You know, there are so many isms in religion. Um, but the essence that we need to focus on is Christ. And you break the word Christian down and it, it actually means little Christs. And so, yeah, I, I hope that this helps people in their imagining of who Jesus is. That um, there's so much separation and segregation and uh, a sectarian spirit. But this young man just says, so are you a Christian? He wasn't interested in anything else. So the, the most important thing is Christ. And one of the issues that we face in the church today, I think, is that, you know, God is not seen as great as he really is. And when we, I believe, corporately grow in admiration and adoration and deeper appreciation for God's excellence, for his holiness, for his uh, sovereignty, for his deity, for his kingship, um, and just for being Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Sidkenu, all of those names that, that mean so much and express his character, um, then I believe it'll build an incredible movement of his people, the church, when we um, take all of those facets of, of Jesus, of Christ, of who he is, and we understand who it is we're really worshipping. And we sometimes miss God's wonders. And last week we spoke about that word Pele, uh, which is the wonder-working power of our almighty God, which produces almighty miracles and results. Hallelujah. It produces almighty miracles and results. You know, if every believer would take these elements together, how wonderful he is, how mighty he is, how sovereign he is, all of those things, if we would take all of that into our worship from this time onwards, we can make a declaration at the beginning of this new year and say, I'm going to meditate on who you are. When I, before I worship, I'm going to meditate on who you are to me. And I think that'll deepen our worship experience. It'll deepen our relationship with the Lord. And when we do that, I believe our confidence in God is going to rise and the way we see him is going to change. Um, and it would mean that we'd be restored to the type of people that God really wanted us to be and in fact who he created us to be and that is worshippers. Worshippers. It's worshippers and lovers of his name. You know, um, in James chapter 4, James, uh, if you read James 4, James is feeling bad because certain behaviors and rituals and prayers even, uh, I, I guess worship too, were being motivated by the wrong spirit. And, you know, when our behavior, behavior is carnal or it's instigated by the wrong spirit, you know, sometimes we've just, I've got, we've got to be honest and say sometimes, we just, we, we do things in a ritual way, in a rote fashion. And, uh, you know, this spirit in question in this cha chapter that he was talking about was a spirit of lust and, he's, and, and uh, he was addressing things in the church. 
Um, and I, you know, God is a God that will meet our needs, but he will not service our own personal agendas. And if that agenda is lust or if it's, you know, anything to do with self, he's not obliged to service that. He's, um, he's a God who promises and has made hundreds of promises for us explicitly in his word. They're for us. And he promises to, to live up to those promises, to come good on those promises, and he will. And we need to remember that there are spirits at work um, to cause us to misdirect our worship, to misdirect our efforts, to misuse our words. And I'm sure we would be amazed if God would reveal all the manners that we've wasted in, in prayer and fasting and doing things um, all with, the, with the, the wrong motives, the wrong spirit, the wrong heart. And, and uh, so I think these are things that we can think of going into this new year. Time is precious and it's accelerating quickly. Uh, it seems to be, it's like sand in an hourglass. And so when we think about our time and what we can achieve, we, we, we ought to really focus strongly on that. So let's make some new year considerations, some new year commitments um, contemplate things before we go into the new year. You know, we, my wife and I started a project in our home um, to re renovate our, our living room. And you'll probably see bare walls behind me and we're halfway through a job that I honestly thought wouldn't have taken us this long. But uh, it just shows you sometimes what we are expecting is not, doesn't turn out to be the reality of the situation. So um, the only thing I know is that I can expect God to be a good God. <laughs> I can expect him to be good. I can expect him to be faithful. And uh, I thank God for that. But it's a classic case sometimes of us trying to fit God into our box, assuming that we have the wisdom to pray the right way and the right prayers. And in James chapter 4, verse 3, he says, You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lusts. So that says you ask, but you're asking for the wrong things. The more we know the heart of the Father, the more we'll pray in a right fashion, in the right way, and get the right results. I, I believe that. And James is pressing home the point here about compromise with the world. And the Bible says that friendship with the world is enmity with God. So there's a heavenly wisdom and there's a worldly wisdom. There's, um, there's our earthly senses, our carnal senses, and then there are our supernatural divine senses inspired in us by the Holy Ghost that lives in each one of us. Amen. So we've got to embrace heavenly wisdom, his wisdom. Amen. Personally, I've experienced it at this time of the year when it should be all about Jesus People are pulled away from him by the, the narrative, the culture that we live in and how it portrays Jesus, faith, religion and all of these different things. So if we only portray the Jesus that we want, then particularly in these pretty awful times, we will miss the great opportunity to present the Jesus who is 
the Jesus who is alive and well, um, the Jesus who transforms lives. Um, praise the Lord for that. Amen. And godly wisdom will be evident. If you go to James chapter 3, verse 17, it says, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, it's gentle, it's willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Amen. How do we portray Jesus? Especially at this time of the year, when arguably it's, more acceptable than any other to present a different picture or image, um, to dilute things or to slot in with the narrative of what's around us. I personally sensed a stronger Christmas spirit this year, just in the weeks running up to Christmas, what I was hearing, people saying, I sensed that the Christmas spirit was strong. Not in the sense of the, the secular Christmas spirit, but that people uh, have a greater openness to the God of love in these days. I really do believe that. And it can be easy to tip into the culturally accepted narrative of Christmas and Christ at this time. But we've got an opportunity right now to change our portrayal of Jesus. And uh, I, I love a song that, uh, by a man called Dave Ornalis. And Dave uh, used to sing, Dave passed away. Um, he used to sing in a band called the Rama Band with Pastor Tom and Barbara and, and some others. And uh, this was going way back into the revival time in South Africa. And they wrote a song called Painter. And uh, the lyrics are powerful and they're talking about how this artist portrayed Jesus' Jesus's death, actually. But although he was a master artist and you could tell that because he had all the finest artisan's tools at his disposal, the lyrics say that he never really captured or communicated the depths of what was really happening. And I think the lyrics go something like this, painter, take your picture off the wall. You did not portray what was happening there at all. Yes, I know you are a master. I can tell it by your brush, but painter, take your picture off the wall. It goes on to say, um, painter, use your reds and blues. Show those bruises. Show those bruises as they really were taken for our sin. And so, forgive me for a moment, just that sometimes we have this narrative that does not show Jesus as he truly, truly is. And so, you know, if you've received uh, a gift that you really love, it becomes clear, doesn't it? It becomes a treasure in your life. So um, we thank God for the gift of Jesus at this, type of, at this time of year and uh, that he is a treasure in our lives. Like the song, Lord, you're more precious than silver. You're more costly than gold, amen. And in James chapter one, verse 17, it says that every good and perfect gift 
is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or changing or shadow of turning. Amen. I know God has us in mind when he plans gifts and he knows what we as the recipients of the gifts really need. Amen. You know, and, and, and so he knows our hearts. He knows what we have need of before we even ask him. I mean, even in that sense, when we portray who Jesus is, it's one of the things we can say that to someone that doesn't have a home, you know, he provides shelter. You know, what, what, what is the gift for someone who doesn't have, home, have a home? It's a home. What's the gift for someone who's poor and unemployed? It's an income. And especially now at this time, of the year, uh, sorry, at this time during this pandemic. Um, for someone that's sick, it's particularly appropriate right now. For someone that's sick, the, a gift is their healing. For someone that's um, barren, it's to be able to give birth, it's to conceive and give birth to a child. And for someone who's lost, it's to have the gift of someone to come along and to rescue you or to save you or to uh, redirect you and put you on the right path and that is what is Jesus is and 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 what the Holy Spirit is wonderful at is just giving us that direction of where we need to go amen so um, thank you for being uh, tuning tuning in to the virtual church service today um, as we go forward, just for the next few weeks, we're going to maintain uh, the status quo. We're going to do virtual church um, until towards the end of January. I know we'll be back together again soon. Um, we're going to share on some other divine supernatural gifts that have been given to us. Because of Jesus, because of the blood, we have these gifts. And we can share them the next time we're together or in the upcoming virtual churches. So praise God, keep on praying for one another, encouraging one another, being there for one another. And uh, please, if you have any needs, you know where we are. Pastor Linda and I uh, still want to receive your praise reports and your prayer requests. So please just contact us if you need anything at all. Wherever you are, if you've been listening to this from somewhere else in the world, thank you for watching. And I hope that this short word has meant something to you. But if you're a believer and you've been listening today, then before we go into 2021, make a connection or reconnect with who Jesus really is. And uh, the way we do that is by meditating on his word and ask him to come to make his, his presence known to you and to make it, you will feel it. Um, by Spirit, ask His Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to you more and more. That's the Holy Spirit's purpose, is to reveal Jesus to us more and more and more. So the more we spend time praying, praying in the Spirit, um, praying the Word, speaking out the Word, worshipping Him, the more the, the, the reality of Jesus will be manifest in us so that we can portray that to the world out there. Um, before um, I go, I just want to read a scripture to you, which is in Psalm, 30, Psalm 55. 
Amen. And it's in verse 22. And the scripture says, Cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Amen. So keep on casting your burdens on the Lord as we close in prayer. Father God, we're so thankful for this time. Even though we're not physically together today, Father God, I thank you for the the unity in the spirit that we enjoy. Father, thank you that we can cast our burdens on you because you care for us. Father God, as we meditate on Jesus, on the blood of the Lamb, Father God, we thank you that we'll walk into this new year with the power, with renewed power, and the power comes from the blood. We thank you, Father, for the power that's in the blood, wonder-working power, wonder-working power. Father, as we fuse our lives and our hearts more and more to you this in these days ahead, we thank you, Lord, for an impartation a greater impartation of your goodness, your favor, your mercy, and your grace in our lives. Father, you are our all in all, and every good and perfect thing comes from you, Father God. We're thankful that you've shielded us and protected us and our families this year, and we know that better days are ahead. Father, as we rely on you, as we place our trust in you, We thank you, Father God, that you hedge before and behind us. You walk beside us and that you are Lord over us. Thank you for your kingship in our lives. Thank you, Father God, for Jesus. We love you and we bless your holy name today. Amen. Well, thank you, church. God bless you. Have a wonderful new year. And remember that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. (laughs) We look forward to seeing you in the new year. Be blessed. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.